0: is
1: the way to wonder. Welcome to the Money Better podcast, brought to you by Union Bank and Trust in Lincoln, Nebraska. Get ready for an authentic conversation about how to do money better by making financial decisions that are right for you. Money doesn't have to be a scary topic anymore. Instead, let's get real about the lessons others have learned, then find ways to use those experiences to get it right. I'm your host, Caitlin Moore. Let's chat. Welcome everyone to episode six of Money Better. Today we are having hard conversations about money and I have two guests with me. Patrick Reese and James Pruch. Patrick is the branch manager at UBT on the UNL campus, located in the student union. He meets people every day that are having hard conversations with one another about money and trying to reach financial independence as they prepare for adulthood. He's got a lot to say about personal finances, which is why he's here to help me co-host this episode. So thanks, Patrick, for being with us.
2: Thanks for having me, Caitlin. It's gonna <laughs> be great conversations.
1: And then James Pruch, he works for Crew, a ministry that serves college students in Nebraska and around the world. A part of his role is coaching other staff in personal finance, and he is a financial coach himself. And he does exactly what we're talking about today, Mm -hmm. which is facilitate hard conversations about money and helps people learn about how to have these conversations with others. So thank you, James, for coming back to the podcast on Money Better.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Good to be with you guys.
1: We want to talk about having hard conversations for our younger folks that are listening today, college age, kind of learning how to be independent in their finances, but maybe they've got a roommate that's not paying their bills or they're splitting the bill at the table. Just hard conversations that um, we don't really learn about in our everyday life. So let's kind of talk about what this looks like and how to facilitate conversations like that.
2: Caitlin, being down here at UNL on campus with all the young adults and all the college students and everything. Young adults are having these these conversations around money when it comes to you know, going out to eat with their friends or, you know, just paying for the, the odds and ends that they need to pay for, um, for their college education, whether that be books or just program stuff, or just, mm-hmm. just trying to just trying to be a college student and just having that full college experience. I, I just see it all the time. And they don't know how to have that conversation. Sometimes mm-hmm.
1: it's a tough one. Like let's use the example of yeah. you're living in a, in an apartment with a couple roommates and you all are pitching in for the rent and rent comes due. And one of your roommates, hasn't paid, but they went out last night.
2: And you mm-hmm. know, they went
1: out last night and spent yeah. a bunch of money. So yeah, yeah. how how does one have these conversations? Because we worry yeah. about offending and all these things. So let's just take that example and kind of roll with it. What How would you facilitate a conversation like that?
0: It's like when you, you have a meeting with someone, they show up five minutes late and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, but they have a Starbucks coffee in their yes. hands. And you're like, oh, you had yeah. enough time to get your Starbucks, right? You know, you went out last night, but you couldn't pay for your rent. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, what the important thing is, what is more important money or relationships and i think we all say Mm -hmm. we want to say relationships right we want to say people are more important but in those moments when the chips are down right when the rubber hits Mm -hmm. the road you're like but i'm the one that pays the big chunk i write the check and my roommate didn't then you know reimburse me for his 300 a month or whatever it is it's really hard. And so I think just, you know, from the 30,000 foot level, I just want to say, try to prioritize those relationships because in 30 years, Mm -hmm. you don't want the money issues to ruin friendships. Yeah. But we all know if it goes too far, right? If people take advantage of you, you you might lose friendships. Mm -hmm. uh, And that might be a hard lesson that people have to learn. But in terms of entering into the conversation, I want to encourage people to take an approach where they can come to their friend and a roommate, not in a confrontational way, but just to say, hey, you know that rent's due on the first of the month, but it's the sixth, you haven't paid it second month in a row now. What's going on? What's going Mm -hmm. on in your life Mm -hmm. that you can't pay the rent? You wanna have compassion and you wanna lead with empathy. Uh mm-hmm. and if they're just like, well, screw it, I don't want to pay the rent. Well, that's a different conversation. I would imagine most people wouldn't answer that way, right? They right. would they would say, Well, I'm oh I'm just not good with, with budgeting. I'm not good with scheduling. I forget that the first of the month comes around. I don't even have mm-hmm. a calendar. Those are some issues that now you can enter into to your roommate's life mm-hmm. and help and help them, or find someone who can help them if you're not skilled at those kind of things. So at least that's where I want to start the conversation with the question. Uh, more invitationally than, Hey, I'm here to, you know, throw the hammer down right. on you.
2: So I was in a fraternity when I was in college and we had, and we had guys over the place, you know, trying to you know pay for their, their rent dues, um, their living expenses mm-hmm. and then the food expenses. And, and then they just, sometimes they just wouldn't pay. Um, yeah. I remember one particular event, I was the house manager and we had to pay, we had to, each pitch in a little bit to help pay for like leave bags to like clean up the yard and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the majority of the guys wouldn't pay. And it was only, we were only asking like 20 bucks, but 20 bucks to a college student that can go a long way. Yeah, But most of the guys ended up paying for their fantasy football leagues with that $20 (laughs) rather than, you know, paying for like the leaf bags, you know, Mm -hmm. and I got so upset with them. I was just like, and I don't me wrong I like fantasy football like the, like any sure. other person but they just nothing
0: against fantasy football Nothing
2: against fantasy football at all <laughs> but like why can't you just spend 20 bucks on like a leaf bag just to make like the front yard look cool and yeah. nice and clean yeah. for like everyone else to see mm-hmm. it really you, you,
0: yeah it really starts before college right and I we've my wife and I have a lot of friends some family who've been teachers and they kind of lament that there's not enough teaching on money. For kids yeah. in schools, right? And they're like, we do one unit on money oh. in fourth grade. Yeah. And you're like, like there should be, you know, a separate, whether it's a quarter, like a whole quarter or however a schools want to do it, you know, whether you're public, private, homeschool, whatever it is, like kids need to be taught from a really young age so that mm-hmm. it becomes this habit. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I get $10 a month and I'm putting it here and here and mm-hmm. here. And what I have left over, then I could do my fantasy football or yeah. fantasy Pokemon or mm-hmm. whatever it is kids, little kids do. Yeah. So uh, that needs to become ingrained in people. But if you get to the point where you're in college and you don't have that, you have an uphill battle, but you have to learn it. Like you, it, it takes a discipline, uh, to be able to say, I am becoming an adult mm-hmm. and I have to do adult kind of things. And it, like, mm-hmm. I kind of geek out about doing my lawn now. Cause I have one, <laughs> but in college, it was not a top priority, right? right. Like it was not a priority for me, but right? It, it needs to, in some way, become normal. And, you know, for those of us like Patrick and myself who work around college students, helping people, especially eight, freshmen, 18 year old, realize this is your life now. You're becoming an adult mm-hmm. and you, you're you taking a step away from mom and dad. And mm-hmm. so now you get to step up and be responsible. And this is a gift. This is a good thing. This is a cool thing mm-hmm. that uh, will really change you. And friends will look up to you because you're responsible mm-hmm. with your money.
2: That's just so true. I, you know, you talked a little bit about that that, that, that growing up stage, you're exiting high school, you're entering the college age. Maybe you had mom and dad there in the background who maybe taught you about money. Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't, you know, maybe they mm-hmm. relied on the school system to teach you that one thing in fifth grade for an hour. Um, and then that's just where it fell. I see this all the time. And James, I don't know if you see this at all, but as young adults start to enter college, they, they get the, they get the, they start to feel the, the freedoms and everything that comes mm-hmm. with being in college. And I see their parents tr- like trying to grasp the separation. They, they, they want them to, to separate. They want them to go out and do things. But when it comes to the finances, they still are on they, their checking account. It's it's, it's scary. It's yep. scary. Yeah. They're still yeah. on the checking account with mom and dad, yep. which I see that a lot with freshmen and and, sure. and with sophomores, which I think maybe makes sense a little bit. I mean, I see that with, with juniors and seniors that mom and dad are still on the checking account. Do you have conversations with people about that with parents well, or?
0: Yeah, I've had conversations that go like this. Um, well, I I overdrafted and my mom put $25 in for me. Oh, Though, yeah. And and so I get those conversations, you know, kind of indirectly from students. And, and you hear that. And that is a window into kind of their life and maybe their family life. Now, I have nothing against parents helping kids, right? Like, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I will, I will gladly welcome if a parent or a family member wants to give you a gift. Right. And I want to be the kind of dad when I'm 55 to say, Hey, I can give you this at this stage of life in the 18 to 20 year old stage. It's so unique. and, And you were like, you hit it on the head. Like you have to be so careful because you don't want to develop some kind of unhealthy dependence to say, well, mom and dad just, they got my back. And if I, if I bounce this check, it's no big deal. Nobody knows what bounce a check means. You know what I mean? Overdraft, <laughs> You overdraft, you spend too much. And, and it, again, it goes back to the discipline of budgeting. But if people aren't doing that, well, they just think, well, my parents will bail me out. And I want, mm-hmm. I want parents to be generous. I want parents mm-hmm. to, to be compassionate. But I also think, man, sometimes like a student has to learn a lesson and mm-hmm. say, well, you have to work more this weekend to pay for that overdraft that your bank is going to charge you there are no just get out of jail free cards once mm-hmm. mom and dad stops paying for your tuition mm-hmm. so sometimes it just takes a hard lesson yeah. for students to, to to really take a growth step in their money. Well,
1: I mean, I think that there is a lot of opportunity for that get out of jail free. And I, like coming from a different place in my own experience, I didn't have a fallback when I went off to college mm. at all. And I was driving my own finances completely. And it was absolutely terrifying.
2: Terrifying
1: yep. because I didn't have a fallback. If I overdrafted, I overdrafted. There was nothing you know, yep. that I could do about it. And I don't know if that made me overly cautious, but it also made me very fearful. Where I see sure. opportunity now, like teaching opportunity, especially when you're talking, Patrick, about freshmen and sophomores, we're in the early stages of financial independence. Um, but for a parent to to say, "I'll get this overdraft fee this time," but dot dot dot. You mm-hmm. know, like you said, yeah. James, like work. You're gonna have to work some extra hours. Or you're, you should call the bank and see if they're willing to work with you since it's the yep. first time or something. And I did that for my teenager was kind of talk him through this idea when he first overdraft of like, how does this work? I'm not going to cover for you, but I'll walk you through the conversation you can have with that branch yep. manager about getting mm-hmm. that overdraft fee forgiven because it can happen under certain circumstances. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's talk about how much that overdraft fee just cost you and, yep how many more hours you have to work to cover that and things like that. So there was a teaching opportunity, but it came out of fear from my own experiences of, I never had a fallback. And I appreciate when, when parents can get involved in that as you know, financial literacy guru, I, that I am, I want people to use that as life lessons. Like let's push this out and put this in your lap. I'll help you one or two times, but the next time it's on you.
0: That's so good. And a good reminder about calling in. To kind of plead your case in a mm-hmm. a really um, clear way. So for mm-hmm. if you're a student listening, I just say ne- never be ashamed to call somebody and yeah. uh, not like haggle, but say like hey, would you be willing to be flexible on this? And I've even done it as an adult where like things have just not gone the way I wanted or, oh shoot, I wasn't paying attention. You know, like you have a subscription that you thought you canceled and oh shoot, I don't have $119 for Amazon Prime. What am I gonna do? Call them, they will refund you, but you mm-hmm. you have to take the initiative to do that. And you don't realize that when you're 19 years old, you just think, oh, well, well, I'm dead. My, my parents are gonna kill me. No, mm-hmm. pick up the phone, yeah. pick up the phone and call yep. someone and talk you to mean them you and can't text them? You can't text Amazon or Netflix or uh, whoever. Call them. Mm-hmm. This is another step toward yeah financial independence and just adulthood in general. Is saying hey, I made a mistake, but would you be willing to be flexible mm-hmm. with me here? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Branch manager perspective. I'm actually a lot more. I'm a lot happier if if a student calls me to talk about the situation rather if they didn't because then we can't figure out how to how to solve kind of what happened mm-hmm. or, um, or anything like that. But I think it comes back to the underlying, just that underlying fear. I think we, we've, we, all three of us have mentioned it a little bit, just the fear of that conversation or, yep. or the fear of money in general. And I don't know where that comes from sometimes.
1: It's a taboo conversation. And in two episodes ago, I had this conversation with someone at our bank and, and I've mentioned this twice now, where she was talking about salaries and how to ask for a raise. And she said, mm. I wish we could talk about money every day or talk about our salaries to each other so that it's not a once a year conversation because Mm. then it's not hard anymore. It's an everyday conversation. And I think that it applies here too, where if we could just have these conversations, especially parent to child situation, how do Mm -hmm. we have these conversations? How do you call your bank? How do you call your insurance company? How do you do these things um, when it's financially related? And then it's not such a shock when it has to happen or it's not scary anymore. To credit young folks right now though, having conversations over the phone with a stranger is not normal. It is not a normal um, daily mm. task. And so what I experienced with my teenager was it wasn't that he wasn't willing to do it. He had no idea how. He did not know yep. the words to say. That's where the anxiety kicked in of, I don't know what's gonna be yep. on the other end. And the yep. lesson I kind of was working at was the worst that will happen is they say no and you have to pay your overdraft fee, which you're already doing right now. Or yep. the, mm-hmm. you know, if you wanna change your due date, that's something I like to tell people when you're having hard time with your money, call the, call the person to ask to mm. change your due date. Maybe we can kick this out until your next paycheck. The worst mm. that will happen is they say no, and you're still totally. on track for paying it. Kind of going back to what you're saying, James, like having the conversation and even talking to people that have been there, done that, even if it is your branch manager on the UNL campus, Patrick <laughs> Reese, <laughs> he'll walk you through it. He'll tell you what to do. Cause he's been totally. there, done that.
0: The normalizing money issue is so key. And mm-hmm. I wish it was more normal to talk about money. And as a financial coach, like one of the things that I, I get to do when I talk to people is first question is usually like, well, what do you think you need is, well, how much do you make? Yeah. Because I can't help you if I don't know how much you make. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're up to your eyeballs in debt and you only make X amount, well, we got some work to do. So I think for college students, as again, as they're in their formative years of becoming mm-hmm. an adult when they really start to put those adult practices into place. I'd encourage them have those conversations and talk about Mm -hmm. what this job pays or what it costs to live in this city or man, what does internet cost in Lincoln, Nebraska and be able to say, well, I uh, found car insurance for this amount Mm -hmm. and I am paying this for X, Y, Z, ABC. It's so helpful when Mm -hmm. this, when it's not so secretive, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's where I think the fear Mm -hmm. comes in is like whenever whenever, something's secret, you feel ashamed, you're like, well, maybe I'm only 19 and I probably don't make as much as that 20 year old or I don't mm-hmm. make as much as that freshman, oh my goodness. Well, it doesn't really matter, but are you gonna live according to your means and what you make, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you'll never learn and you'll never grow if you don't have the conversation. To go back to the beginning when we were talking about how to talk to roommates, when you sign the lease and you have your mm-hmm. all your friends there, your roommates there, you know, three or four people, whatever it is living there, list it out and talk about, hey, we. The two of us were in charge of picking this house. We picked it because we looked at these other ones and this was the best spot for the best price. This is what you get when you're living here. Here's what Mm -hmm. internet and... Uh, rent and and if some places if you have to pay for the yard work or you know all that kind of stuff there's here's the two grocery stores nearby and this is what the prices are like compared to the other grocery stores on the other side of town usually in a house of three or four people in college and certainly for people in fraternities or sororities there's going to be one of you who's the money nerd Mm -hmm. And you just need to take the initiative and the lead. You don't need to be mean or grouchy about it, Mm -hmm. but you just need to give the rationale. That would have been so helpful for Mm me. I didn't know, you know, what I was paying for when I was in the dorms in college. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have known. And it took Mm -hmm. me a few years to kind of get my bearings. But I think if you can do that right from the Mm get-go, it'll be a blessing to your roommates, Mm -hmm. but also prepare you and Mm -hmm. them for the rest of their life. But then if Mm -hmm. if it's... starts at the beginning. You can have the conversations. You say, hey, we were all there when we agreed we were gonna pay $330 and 47 cents a month for rent. Uh, And Mm -hmm. you've been struggling. Ask your question and then move in to say, what are you gonna be able to do to do that? I think Mm -hmm. another thing, it might be helpful at the beginning of uh, signing a lease together to ask your roommates, do you make enough to live here? Mm -hmm. And can I ask you what you make? Here's what I make, here's my budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I'm getting from scholarships or grants or whatever you have coming in, all your income streams. I don't think you need to be afraid to ask that question. If somebody's like, I don't really want to tell you, maybe they're not a good fit to be in that house mm-hmm. if you're the one paying the bills so right that's hard i don't know what you yeah. guys think but that's just kind of like i oh, i man. love that idea but i can't mm. imagine
1: being 19 years old asking that question
0: well i'm glad but I'm not if 19, we want to break down I, some I,
1: financial yeah. barriers that's a good question to ask because you're right if you can't if you can't handle the rent that means it's going to end up on me yeah or the you know mm-hmm. the rest of us and i would want to know that up front man i would have never thought to ask that question but that's a good one
2: yeah when i you know when i was 19 20 years old i don't Think I would have had that conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I have had that conversation later in life. Yeah, um, my 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 sister my sister moved moved in with me, and before she moved in with me for a little while, I did ask her. She had to prove that she could afford to live with me. You know, she could pay half mm-hmm. the rent. She could pay half oh. of this, pay half of that, and all of this kind of stuff. She had to prove it to me. But I was twenty seven when that you happened.
0: Were, you were older, more. Mature. So I was, I was, I was,
2: I was much more seasoned. Yep. Um, for sure, then. but but yeah, 1920 probably would have been very difficult for me to have that conversation. Yeah, because you you want to
0: live with the people that you like and that you have fun yeah. with, right? But yeah, they also need to be able to pay the bills. So it's like they might, might be a great friend, but you might be picking up the tab a lot mm-hmm. more than you hope.
2: And that comes back, I think, to the relationship piece because that actually could end up hurting the relationship yes. more yeah. in the long run than you know, like you said, they could be a great friend, but as soon as that friend stops paying the rent or doesn't meet their obligations that they agreed to, that friendship starts to to get scratchy. I've been
0: not like really involved in situations like this, but I know of some situations where college students have like their parents as the landlords, like the parent bought the house Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they tell their son or daughter, you can live here, invite some friends. So in that situation, that gets really, sticky, right? Cause mm-hmm. it's not just some unknown Bill or Bob or Susie, who's the landlord. It's your dad, it's your mom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your friend's not paying rent or they're not paying for the utilities. How do you go to your dad or your mom and say that? Like, what do you do then? Cause you want to stick up for your friend, but then you also don't want to, you know, misrepresent your parents talking to your, mm-hmm. your roommate. So it can get really frustrating. And that's why I just talk about it up front like throw all the cards on the table because mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to ruin a friendship and it might just be better for that friend who's who does tend to struggle or just mm-hmm. is not very organized to say hey maybe this isn't the best situation for me
1: so i'm hearing a common theme as we're talking and i want to bring up this point and see what your thoughts are about timing i think timing is a huge huge issue with how we talk to people for an example rent is late you know, it's doing the first, it's the sixth, but it's month three and we're going yep. through this pattern again. Yep. So I think that there's a natural hesitancy to bring it up right away. But in my experience as a financial coach, right away is the best time because we yeah. can catch something a bad habit or an issue, or maybe it's not even that big of a deal. It was just a forgetful moment because over time, we start thinking they did it last month and they did it the yeah. month, month before. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about timing um, when having hard conversations?
0: I think that you have to say it right away, at least again, in a cordial way. I can't say that enough mm-hmm. because if you're abrasive, it won't go well. Um, but if you wait till month six, it's like, well wh- somebody's covering it and not hurting. I mean, maybe they are hurting, mm. but your roommate's gonna start to think, well, we keep living here and you know right. maybe what's the big deal? I also think that a part of the communication, it can't just be a verbal reminder. When I was right out of college, we had we had like way too many people living in our house for like Lincoln municipal codes. So if anybody works for the city, like, I hope I'm past the statute of limitations, but I won't say how many people we had, but we had a big whiteboard in our kitchen with what was due when, uh, with everybody's name and amounts. Mm-hmm. Some guys had some smaller rooms, some guys paired up. We had some people have their own rooms. Mm-hmm. Everything was according to what you had, what you got, mm-hmm. but it was visible too. And so And so, right from day one, we had this whiteboard up, and we could just point. You know, in the first month, hey, you know, it's up there. You know, you owe fourteen dollars for garbage and internet and utilities or whatever it was back then. Mm. Uh, So, having it communicated verbally but also visually, I think, would be helpful. And so, don't wait Mm. on that. If it gets to to six to six months, then you Mm. might have to just start being more firm. And mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know? if you can't pay, we're gonna need to tell you to find another place to live and put mm-hmm. somebody else on the lease. And mm-hmm. that stinks, but I would hate for the person who's, again, writing the big check or however you you do it in your situation to continually take that hit. Yeah. It's not yeah. gonna be good for them.
2: That reminded me of just kind of something you, you had talked about verbal and then also a visual representation yep. of it. That reminded something that my mom has just hounded in us when we were growing up. If it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Totally, and I just it just it echoes in my mind continuously to this day. And so, good job, mom. It's still there.
0: Yep, writing down.
2: But seriously, writing it down, having a visual, uh, virtual as well too. A lot of people, a lot of young adults these days have been syncing their Google calendars.
0: That's great. And
2: That's putting great. reminders in their in their Google calendars as to like when stuff due, And so they'll get those virtual pop ups um, on their phone just to remind them of of the, the whatever they have to pay for that week, um, which I think has has helped a lot of a lot of people. I mean, I see those relationships are a lot stronger. That's great. Um, friendships rather than the ones that they don't talk about it at all. Or maybe it's just in one form that they talk about it. Maybe it's just verbal. Maybe it's yep. just visual. Yep. But you know, if you're, if you're a young adult and you're listening to this, I mean, use every tool available that you have mm-hmm. to you.
0: And also, I mean, most college students use Venmo or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. great but it is manual. I love Mm -hmm. using my banking app so I can send a check to anyone and I don't have to write a check and you could schedule those. So if you're a college Mm -hmm. student, I think, and you have a more regular job and I I have found more college students have regular employment than even when I was in college. Like Mm -hmm. most students work, they have some kind of steady income. They also, again, might have scholarships or grants coming in some way to the school or to their personal account. Mm -hmm. So schedule a check to be sent from your bank to their bank every month if you are again a good planner and you can balance your your checking account Mm -hmm. so you don't have to use an envelope and a stamp and write a check but you just know hey on the 15th half my rent's coming out uh and Mm -hmm. it's going to it's going to joey in his checking Mm -hmm. account great like take advantage of like you said like patrick said take advantage of the technology because it's there to be a help to you so Mm -hmm. use it yeah
1: and I think the conversation then you could fall back on those tools to say, you know, we did set yep. up this, we did yep. do this and you're not utilizing this correctly, but then go into the relationship. Is there something going on? Yep. Is it, you know, do you need help yep. with anything? And I would just put a little plug out for UBT. I'm a financial coach with UBT and it's free and you do not have to be a customer of UBT to utilize me in that awesome. way. And so if you're having trouble with your budget or I know with inconsistent income, let's say you're a server you don't know what tips are coming in.
0: Totally, mm-hmm. You know,
1: at the end of the month, you know how much you made total, but it's timing. If you're having timing issues, utilize someone, come to the branch, um, give me a call. James, you do the same thing Yep. as a financial coach. Reach out. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, maybe you have to pay your rent two weeks in advance because it's mm-hmm. due, but that's you're not going to you get have your, your paycheck. Money. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. have the money, you pay it or you get that big um, grant at the, in the middle of your, your semester and you just pay your three months of rent right there, work it out with your landlord, how you're going to do yeah. that. So there's different things that you can do so that you're not, you're not in a bind later. And so if you need yep. help with that, reach out, cause that's what we offer here at UBT and you don't have to be a customer, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So that's a
0: great piece of, I know we're getting beyond the scope of just talking with friends and roommates and stuff, but I mean, as much as you can live a month ahead, that's kind of a philosophy I like, you know, if you can live on last month's income, do it. And that might take some sacrifice for college students, Mm -hmm. but if it, if you can sacrifice for three or four months, you might catch up. And Mm -hmm. if you can do that as a friend group, as a house, as an apartment, whatever it is, wherever you live, like, you know, make this a community effort, like do it as a team because doing things alone just stinks. So mm-hmm. if you can do it as a group and you can say, we're gonna band together and, and really do this well to, together, there are not many students doing that. And that is when you're like, your communication is humming, your friendships are humming, you're setting yourself up for success for the rest of your life with your money. If you do it together, it's gonna be more fun. It's gonna be more motivating. Sure. I, I wish I would've done that. I wish, it, mm-hmm. I wish I wouldn't just be teaching this and saying it now. I wish I would have done it. Mm-hmm. But I think we're all saying, hey, we failed enough. When we were in college, mm-hmm. and we learned enough lessons to say there is a better approach than just kind of ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah.
1: And our all of our testimonies are that we we made some mistakes, and yet we're all in the financial world. <laughs> 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 we all work with money, so you know, there is yep. hope. That's, if you were not good I think with there's money, there's hope for you. <laughs> I want to kind of move this over to to how parents help their young adults become financially independent. Patrick, you said that you see a lot of parents that still want that control. Parents want to save their children in a sense, protect them. But how do we help parents with viable suggestions on how to get their kids out the door financially?
2: When it comes to parents letting their students kind of just just go and just kind of learn on their own and everything is there just needs to be a sense of just trust. Not to say that parents don't trust their children, but um, but there is just going to have to be a sense of trust and just kind of a sense of just at some point, you're going to just have to let them, let them go. Um, you know, for, for me, for, for my experience with it, going, going through it with, I'm the oldest in my family it was the, uh, went to, went to college and everything like that. And my mom just kind my mom and dad just kind of cut the cord for me. And I just mm-hmm. kind yeah, of, you know, I had to gallivant and just kind of, figure it out as I went. And I made a lot of financial mistakes Mm -hmm. on the way and I learned from it, but I don't think that that's the only way you can slowly start to cut that cord over time. Um, and, and just let them, let them grow into the, 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 the person that they were meant to be in this life.
0: That's really good. I would add, start early (laughs) with your college student on what your expectations are. Yes. To everything Patrick just said. And then just tell them what it is. So if you tell them that you're gonna pay for their college education, don't tell them when they graduate that you're only paying for half. Mm. Be, a, be parents of your word. Mm. It's always better to end up giving more, right than taking away. Mm. So I say mm. communicate your expectations. if you can't pay for college, if you know, if you just got started too late and that's not something you're able to do, there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of money out there for students to find and, and obviously work for, but you need to communicate up front. we can't help you. We do want to provide for you in a lot of other ways, but money's Mm -hmm. not going to be one of them. Uh, It doesn't mean we don't love you. It just means we're not Mm -hmm. able to do that. And just your student, your child is going to thank you for your honesty. Be honest. I would say if you're listening and you have younger children, like I do, my kids are nine, seven, five, and 18 months. We try to help them in age appropriate ways, mm-hmm. understand money as much as possible. So if they get a birthday money, they they know it can go in the bank or they could get something with that. But what the price tag says is not what the price is. Mm-hmm. You got to pay, you mm-hmm. got to have tax, you know, mm-hmm. oh, here's, this is 9.99. I have 10. That's not enough. From a young age, mm-hmm. we start that. And I think, so if you're listening in and you have kids in elementary school, preschool, even middle school. Just keep having those conversations. And like you said earlier, Caitlin, normalize the money conversation. So when it comes to 18 years old, they're not weirded out and freaked out that all of a sudden you're talking to them about money because here's this $84,000 thing that's sitting in Mm -hmm. front of them. And they're going to go, wait, my parents have never talked to me about money. Now they talk to me about money all the time. That's going to make your relationship with them really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge fan of
1: parents, especially with their kids in high school, bringing them into their bills. Uh, We're going to pay the utilities today, the water, the electricity, the gas, and kind of giving them some insight, even if it is just how to get online to pay it, but giving some insight on how much this costs and then teaching about the process of apartment shopping or comparing and and understanding Mm. that it's not just like you said, the price tag, it's not $800 for this apartment. It's $800 plus utilities, plus parking, plus your bus bus pass to get to campus, things like that. So Mm -hmm. we're having these conversations, these realistic conversations, which I don't think as a parent myself takes much effort because it's my reality. I'm doing this already. Mm -hmm. So why not talk to my child about this, especially when they get to the age where they're realizing
0: money and maybe they've got a part-time job. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. Communication is going to be the key. And so if you tell them by the end of your sophomore year, you need to start paying for your car insurance. Uh, I'm going to help you do whatever I can so that you can plan to have the right amount of income, mm-hmm. if you need another job, or maybe you know, uh, maybe I have some connections in the city that I could I could talk to. Maybe they could mm-hmm. get you a job that would pay a little bit more than the seven dollars and fifty cents that campus pays you, or whatever they pay. Mm-hmm. You know, have that timeline set up. But then, if you are still somebody that's a parent, it's like I just love my kid. I want to help. Well, again, you can help them in so many other ways. It doesn't just have to be financially. So do what you can to prepare them for that sophomore year or whatever it is, we're like, they're gonna have to be on their own for car insurance and they're 20. And so it's gonna be expensive.
1: So to wrap things up for the parent aspect, um, I think we're all in agreement that just starting as soon as you can or as early as you can to have conversations will benefit your young adult or your child if we're talking younger, but start early and then as they get older, if we are talking college students, kind of, how do we cut the cord? It's a lot of expectations setting. I'd yep. say
2: just a lot of open and honest conversation. Yeah. I mean, kind of what you said earlier, James, I mean, set that expectation. If you're going to say that I'm going to pay for part of your college, um, then give it, give a dollar amount of what that part of mm-hmm. yep. of college you're paying for up front yep. and then follow through on it.
0: And really you owe it to your, your child because, if that child is responsible and maybe they're further along than their peers with this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. they may hear that number. If it's like, let's talk about tuition for a second. They may hear that and go, well, I need to go to Southeast for my first year. I can't go to Nebraska. I can't go to Wesleyan. I can't go to Creighton. I can't go to Hastings College. I need to go to Southeast. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's a good option mm-hmm. that's that's a great option actually kudos to to the your child if they can also make that decision to say i can work and go to community college for a year probably end up making money mm-hmm. uh and save in the long run it's a partnership that you can have with your kid um, yeah. to say I'm, I'm i need to be honest with them so that they can make their own decisions too Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And if you as a parent are lacking the knowledge of how that works, reach out to someone because Mm -hmm. even UBT can be a partner in that kind of conversation just to inform. And we have a whole education program designed to help inform folks about the cost of things and how to do money better, hence Mm -hmm. the podcast. So if you do need help in partnering with somebody as an adult to help your child become financially independent, We are happy to do that. And it's something I love to do. And I know Patrick loves to do that too. 100%, 100%. (laughs)
2: Well, actually 110%. Let me be clear. Yes. I love
0: that you you. guys do that, by the way. I love that the financial coaching part is totally free. I think that's awesome.
1: I hope that a lot of people have just learned how to have some hard conversations. Though we didn't script it for you, there is a lot to be taken from this conversation today. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, James, for being on with us today.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks, Caitlin. It was fun.
1: These are the words we say. This is a in each Money Better episode, we highlight a community partner that is doing money better. Whether it is a nonprofit, a customer, or an expert in the field, our goal is to learn from their strengths and introduce you to resources that can help you do money better too. Featuring these people and organizations through our podcast is just a small part of UBT's larger mission to elevate the communities we serve. Welcome back everyone to our community partner segment of episode six. We're talking about having hard conversations about money. And today we have Sarah Jackson. She is the family support specialist at Lincoln housing authority. She's been there for about three and a half years and her job is to support families in any way possible in order to keep them in their current housing. So we're going to talk about how she supports them and how she has some hard conversations sometimes. So welcome Sarah to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Can you just describe your job a little bit and how you're interacting with folks um, regarding their money?
3: My primary job at Lincoln Housing Authority currently is to help and assist people um, in maintaining housing. And a lot of that has to do with um, eviction notices, Mm. uh, how they're supposed to be planning financially for things, um, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people do don't plan for long term they're planning for the here and now so if something were to happen then they find themselves in a really hard spot like how are we going to pay our bills because now we've lost this income or um, a person in our household is hurt or sick or whatever reason so we talk a lot about um, saving like You should always have at least a month or two worth of rent in the bank. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of times they'll tell you six months, but when you're living off a fixed income, six months worth of rent in the bank is not going to happen.
1: Right.
3: Or if you're a college student, you just don't have that money to Mm -hmm. have six months worth of your half or portion of bills in the bank. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just about cutting and and spending what you need, not what you think you need, because mm-hmm. there's a difference. Yeah. So we kind of go down the line on what are you, what are you currently putting out in bills versus um, what's the need for your household? Not maybe what the want is for your household.
1: Yep. I talk about that in my coaching is needs versus wants. So we talk a lot about that when it comes to budgeting mm-hmm. and your wants can get in there as long as your needs are taken care of. So you're working with families that are in housing, they're having to budget, you're, you're working towards those financial goals with them just to keep them Mm -hmm. housed. I'm sure you come across a lot of issues with those budgets, um, with Mm -hmm. people because it's, it's hard when you have an issue or a family that is having a financial issue. How do you go about having a conversation with them? um, that may be a little hard, maybe a little hard for them to hear too. How do you decipher what you're going to talk about and maybe what you shouldn't talk about.
3: So when I start a conversation, I never have a conversation with you should, or if I was you, I would, and I, I'm not a skirt tailor. So I just go into the conversation very directly. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm calling. This is what I see happening. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm afraid of. And this is going to be the end result. If we don't figure out how to spin this back around.
1: I really like that. So you're, you're not only pointing out the problem, but you're saying this is this is a consequence of mm-hmm. if you go down this road, that's a hard conversation to say, hey, I'm seeing this in your life. I don't know if you've noticed, but this is, this is gonna be the end result. Is that received well?
3: It is because I think a lot of people are so, especially right now in today's society, everyone's just focused on the here and now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they aren't looking further down the road. We need to be aware of the decisions that we're making today will affect what happens tomorrow. And it yes. may affect what happens a year from now. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking about having a conversation with somebody and I'm trying to decipher maybe what is important to talk about and what is not important to talk about, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the things that are going to directly affect them in five years from now. Okay. My motto is, if it is not going to kill you, if it's not going to kill somebody else, if it's not <laughs> going to make you homeless or if mm-hmm. you're it's not going to cause a basic human need to be missed, then it's not worth bringing up. Okay. A lot of times people don't look at it like that. I Mm -hmm. mean, say we, we now are having these stimulus checks come out. This Mm -hmm. is a prime example of that. Yeah. All of this money is hitting people's bank account. All I'm hearing about is what they're going to buy, Mm -hmm. where they're going to go. Mm -hmm. What are the, you know, frivolous spending. Instead Mm -hmm. of looking at this like a long-term setup, let's Mm -hmm. use the stimulus money to ensure that we can maintain what we have and we are not going to be scrambling in three months or in six months from now. Yes. Let's put some of this money away for savings. Let's draw some interest on it. Let's do Mm -hmm. something positive that's going to set our lives up for Mm -hmm. a positive upright. You should be able to set yourself up for the long-term invest in stuff, you know, I mean, accrue interest in things, um, use the money to build, you know, maybe a small business or to buy a piece of equipment. That's going to make you money. Sure. Not something that you're just going to be throwing money away.
1: Have you had a lot of these conversations recently knowing the stimulus was coming out? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. How is that yeah. taken? I mean, cause this is a hard conversation to say, it you is. don't, you don't need the TV. You need to put this in savings for when you can't pay your rent. I think it just depends
3: on the person's mindset. Mm-hmm. Where, where is their mindset at currently? Are they worried about their future? Are they trying mm-hmm. to set up for their future or are they just living today? I work with a lot of moms and they're putting themselves through school. They're trying to raise kiddos you can tell that they want a better future. Mm-hmm. So when I'm having hard hard conversations, I have to really think about who it is and I'm having them with. And that kind of dictates great. where I'm going to go with this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, am I talking to a person that is already kind of setting those ladders up for success? Mm-hmm. Or am I talking about somebody that doesn't even have the first step on their mm-hmm. ladder? That's you great. kind of have to fill it out, but yeah. It's more planting a seed and you can't plant a seed. If you're being kind of incognito about what it is that you're saying, the seed has to be planted Mm -hmm. by something, a very direct statement. Okay. And from that people seem to really, I mean, sometimes it might brush off that I'm, I'm being too direct or maybe I'm being too aggressive, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm just being very assertive with them uh, and very direct Mm-hmm. And over time, I mean, I've gotten phone calls back that said, you know, you said this to me and I was really upset, but then mm-hmm. I started thinking, and you're right. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So this is what I did. You just have to know who it is that you're talking about and yeah. where their mindset is. And then you can go into that conversation and kind of fishtail it that way.
1: This is very helpful because though you work in a particular job, having particular conversations, it it's applicable for all walks of life, which is what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. in this podcast.
3: It's just about trying to get people to think differently. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost like changing Mm -hmm. their cognitive thinking to maybe rewind or take a different direction. So Mm -hmm. maybe what has obviously is not working for you. Well, let's look at something different. And so I think that when people are ready for change, they're willing to listen to something
1: different. That's great. So last question, um, but hard conversations can often be perceived as confrontation. So that you're being confrontational. And I, and I tend to believe that money is probably one of the most confrontational feeling Mm. type of conversations because it's, it's, you're getting into the bubble, the personal bubble, (laughs) personal choices, personal assets, Mm -hmm. things like that. So how do you How do you have these conversations being assertive, getting to the point without seeming confrontational?
3: Because it's a confrontational topic, people are going to automatically get defensive. And so you have to leave out the use, to try to use it as I, this is Mm -hmm. what I would do. You have to come at it as least defensive as possible, which Mm -hmm. is really hard. So, but you still have to be direct. You just have to be direct but say it with,
1: without being yes. accused. Of yeah. 20. So I'm hearing you say going into this conversation, just know that it will likely be confrontational. So that should be kind of on the forefront of your mind, but preventing the confrontation by using the I statements can help kind of Correct. lower that. That.
3: Yeah. Just know that anything that has to do with money budgeting is going to, I mean, you're going to get some pushback on
1: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Because nobody wants to be told that they're doing something wrong, you know, or that they should be doing something better or they're not doing something enough. It's just easier to just be upfront with that conversation. I would say to just leave the emotion out of money conversation. That's the biggest thing is that people come into it with emotional attachment to what they're talking about. But when you're talking about money and splitting finances, it cannot be an emotional conversation. Don't go into it mad, angry, sad, defensive. You have to be able just to leave the emotions at the door and really think about what it is the other person is saying. Mm -hmm. It's just, it has to be an emotionless conversation. There should be no emotion attached to money. Um, It should just be that, this is your responsibility this is my responsibility and if he, and if the other person isn't following that responsibility then that's on them
1: so when you're having a when you're confronting someone about something financial you can be emotionless this isn't even about your finances so you don't have an emotional attachment what right. if they start getting emotional what do you do in that moment
3: i just tell them that this is not an attack on them mm. that we are just simply trying to change a bad habit before it comes problematic
1: okay That's good.
3: So we're just setting them up. I'm just trying to help them foresee the future, because if they continue on this path, that they are going to end up either not having electricity when they come home, Mm -hmm. not having food, and then essentially they'll end up being evicted. And we don't want that. So it doesn't have anything to do with, me telling them that what the, how they're doing about it is wrong. We just need to figure out how to tweak some stuff, or maybe there's certain things in there that they're thinking they're needing at this point, but they don't necessarily need right now. But as they build up their finances, then later on they can add that back in once we're right on track again.
1: Sure. I mean, sure. so, so you you really get to the facts and leave any emotion out of it. And so if they get emotional, yes. it's like, Point back to the facts. We're not going to talk about the emotional part. Right. We're going back to the facts, the reality of the situation, the consequences, if this keeps being followed, we're leaving the emotions at the door. Do you ever have to just walk away from someone and go, I'm going to give you some space? Oh,
3: absolutely. I mean, I've had people that get so mad at me that they hang up on me Mm -hmm. and that's okay. I'm not there to tell them how they should feel or how they should react. Sure. But once they calm down, then my phone will ring again and we'll discuss it again. And they're a lot less defensive because they thought about what it is that we talked about previous. And then they'll call and they'll say, you're right. I don't want to be homeless. Or you're right. I don't want to have me and my kids having to find a new place to live. Or Mm -hmm. so how do I do this? What's the best way to go about this?
1: Yeah. Even if you're
3: having those hard conversations and you think you're just hitting a brick wall, Mm -hmm. it's human nature to really think about things when people say it to us. And we have such a strong emotional reaction to it, it's not going to change our conversation. It's going to stick with them. So by me saying something that's striking the emotional chord with you, once I hang up the phone, that conversation isn't all of a sudden just not have ever happened. Yeah. They're going to keep thinking about it mm-hmm. and and what you said. And that's just human nature. When somebody says something that strikes a chord with us, that's what we do. We overthink it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes overthinking a conversation is not necessarily a bad thing, yeah. especially when it's something where we're processing it to become a positive outcome. Yeah. And we want them to look at a negative behavior. Right. You can't change a negative behavior or a negative habit unless you're made aware of it.
1: Yes. That's so good, which is another reason why only confronting with facts is a good thing because then they're only Mm -hmm. overthinking the facts. They're not overthinking your emotions versus their emotions. This is such good, easy advice. Stick to the facts. Know that people Mm -hmm. are going to get defensive, but as long as we can stick to the facts, even if they get so emotional that they have to walk away, they're going to overthink this but they're going to mm-hmm. overthink facts. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on this podcast yeah. today. I so appreciate it and appreciate what you're doing. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people though, they might get angry at you at the end of the day. They're very <laughs> happy that you're there. <laughs> so, so thank you so much.
3: Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
1: Union Bank and Trust financial literacy materials, articles, guides, blogs, podcasts and videos are for informational purposes only and not an advertisement for product or service. The accuracy and completeness is not guaranteed and does not constitute legal or tax advice. Please consult with your own tax, legal and financial advisors. Member FDIC.